This is Pastor Mike from Jordan Lutheran Church, and you're about to hear one of our Sunday morning messages. At Jordan, we're passionate about learning from the Bible and pray that this message makes an impact in your life. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father and Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. How many of you are excited that Advent is upon us? Yeah, see, I, that is neat. I, I don't know if you know this, but you are smiling more this week than you were last. And I mean it. I'm, I'm, not, I'm just not there. Like, you actually are. There's something about this season that gets people excited. Now, there's also another thing. We're on the front of it. So if I were to poll you, like, two weeks from now, and I'd ask you, some of you are like, I wish it would just, like, get here. Right now, you're, you're early enough in it that you're still excited. Like, some of you maybe have plans to put a tree up this afternoon or to hang some lights or you want to just enjoy the supposed 70-degree weather that we're going to have. There's lots of things that could be on your mind. But as we go in, one of the tough things uh, about life is, now you're excited about having, how many of you are excited about distress? Distress. Distress, yeah. D-I-S-T-R-E-S-S, distress. Any takers? Yeah, see, this, this is what makes the gospel reading for this morning kind of tough. You're excited about Advent, and yet the Advent reading doesn't seem to start with where you are emotionally. The reading seems a little disjointed from where you are right now because most of you are excited because Advent for you, unfortunately, is this cultural thing where we've got to break Advent from as if Advent is just uh, church words for pre-Christmas. It's not. Advent is not pre-Christmas. Advent is a reminder of Christ's coming in its full narrative. So it's not just reads. It's this whole thing. So if you have your Bible, open uh, Luke 21, verse 25 and 26. This was the start of a reading where I said it seems a little kind of disjointed from how you feel because you're feeling Advent and you're thinking pre-Christmas. The text writes this, and there will be signs in sun and moon and stars and on the earth distress of nations in perplexity because of the roaring of the sea and the waves, people fainting with fear and foreboding of what's coming on the world for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Yay, Christmas. I mean, do you see where this, this doesn't quite jive with where you are emotionally? So for us, as we step into Advent, we have to make sure to see what God's actually doing. Yes, Jesus is coming. But this season of Advent is also going to paint us through the full narrative. Uh, one author writing on the site, I found uh, a phrase he had on this really helpful for us. This powers of the world will be shaken. It's a phrase that could cause you to take pause. You're like, wait a second, so the powers of the earth, and even there, you see in the right, there's distress. Why is there distress? Well, for us today, what we have in the reading is trying to bring things back into balance. Uh, the author, a man by the name of Morris, writing a commentary on Luke, uh, wrote this about the section, describing the tension we have today. So kind of here we are today, and promises. This tension between promises for God's saints and today. Uh, Morris wrote this. He said, there is a sense in which temptation has been accomplished, not that redemption has been accomplished on the cross, but the unfolding of its full implications is still future, and this is of what Jesus spoke. Let me read it to you one more time. There is a sense in which redemption has been accomplished on the cross, but the unfolding of its full implications is still future, and it is this of which Jesus speaks. That's one author writing on Luke 21. You've got, yes, we know that Jesus has gone to the cross, but the full implications of that redemption narrative are not all for you at this hour present. 
Like the world is not fully redeemed. It has this redemption has happened in Christ, but the full restoration of all things is still for us. It's still future. Uh, that's still something we're awaiting. And anytime you're waiting for something, therein is introduced tension. It can be distress. It can also be excitement. For some of you, Advent's excitement because you are excited that Christmas is coming. And there's nothing wrong with it. But you have to connect how Luke 21, 25, and 26 fits into the narrative. And then the power of the Lord is spoken. See, so you've got distress and pain and nations in perplexity. And then verse 27. And then, and remember, this is Jesus speaking. That's, I mean, I, I hope this hits you. Jesus is telling of this. And then he says, and then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. So all this distress, all this concern, all this perplexity, things aren't fitting, the world's not right, I can't believe 2018's worse than 2017, this is so much, it's terrible, the world's gone to you know where and a you know what, all these different challenges. And then, and then they will see. See, Jesus writes and says there's more to it. Don't just get hung up on the worry. See, you could, in verse 25 and 26, run images. I could have put images on this screen of, of decay and famine and destruction. I mean, you think back to this past week, we could have put up some pictures of, of Alaska. I mean, who thought I would put pictures of Alaska up? Now I can say Alaska, and you're like, yeah, destruction, decay. Uh, an and earth that seems to have this problem, and it's trembling, and people don't know what to do. I mean, literally, it was trembling. Well, how do we balance this? How will we know what will happen? Well, look again. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now, for some of you, this may connect you back to another experience that you've had in the Scriptures. In the chronological narrative, it has yet to happen as Jesus speaks, but it has for us. It's Acts chapter 1. And I just want to share it with you because in Acts chapter 1, it's Jesus as he ascends into heaven. Listen to how the people respond. I'm just going to read it. I'm not going to put it on the screen so you can just kind of in your mind's eye paint this picture. So at the ascension, Jesus has died, he has risen, he's met the disciples, and then we see him as he's going to ascend. Uh, Luke, Luke again records Acts for us, the Acts of the Apostles. Acts 1, 9 through 11 is what I'm reading. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven, as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go up into heaven. Now, I hope you had in your mind's eye when it played out, you have this picture. Jesus ascends up and everybody does what? And they just get that neck that's staring. And in the text as they stare, there are two men that come and they say what? You can use layman terms. Yeah, get your head out of the clouds. Get back to living. But it was so beautiful. And they're like, yeah, it was. But you still have things to do here. There's stuff for you to accomplish. And Jesus had kind of told them, right? And then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. All that tension, all that strife, and then he's coming. And the scriptures tell us again, when he comes again, you're going to, you'll know it. Uh, you don't have to be staring. When he comes, you'll, you'll know when to look. It'll be quite clear for you. But how easy it is for us to get distracted, to get held up and to say, well, I just kind of want to stay at that moment. We shouldn't just get lost in the image of Jesus ascending, but we need to make sure that we also realize Jesus is coming again. 
So Advent actually for us is not just about Jesus coming the first time, but it's also a season for us to remember he's coming, he's coming again. His Advent's about his coming, his promises. But the, that's why I said the full picture for us is played out. Verse 28 writes it in this way. Now when these things begin to take place, that is speaking of verse 25 and 26, the perplexity, the distress. When these things begin to take place, straighten up. Raise your heads, because sometimes we do what? In this case, he's talking about sometimes we get so worried about where we're going, just one foot in front of the other, that we miss out on what's happening in front of us. You ever bump into something? I mean, you probably don't want to admit it, but you were walking, you bumped into it, and then you felt really silly because it was like a trash can that was like really big, or it was like a wall. Like embarrassing things like that, or the car that you had just parked and you forgot where you parked it, and then you like hit into the door or the mirror, and you're like, wow, who put that there? You say, oh, it was me. Now, when these things are drawing near, take place, straighten up, raise your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. When tension and distress and perplexity actually come to this world, God writes to us and says, if that's happening, you should what? Sounds crazy. Be excited, because it's actually what God said would happen that it's actually unfolding in the way that God said these things were going to take place. It's not different than you thought. It's actually what God had already said. See, our, our Christian faith is kind of an interesting thing because it has to stop being a Sunday morning fad. It can't just be something we do here. You see, Advent's about reminding you this is preparing you for every day of your week. So this straighten up, and the text isn't just, oh, that made me feel good on Sunday. Pastor, great sermon. I felt good on Sunday. You accomplished your make me feel good Sunday morning. Well, I think I've really missed it for you if not only do I help you on Sunday morning, but that during the week, you realize when things happen, hey, God spoke about this too. God actually wanted me to be able to have a response inside my head and heart for what I'm seeing. That's why Jesus' teaching uh, is so tactile. It's so earthy. He wants you to feel, I'm in this with you. Now, the parables at times are not easy for us to see. Uh, but here in verse 29 and 30, you got one man. You can feel this. I mean, you guys should. I mean, this is one you should be able to connect with. And he told them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all trees. So if you're not a fig tree person, like fig tree, I don't, I don't know a fig tree. Have you seen a tree? And all God's people said, yes, good. See, we're all in this together. Jesus wanted this one to be accessible to you. And as soon as they come out and leave, you'll see for yourselves that no summer's already near. See, he wanted you to go, okay, tree, I get it. Tree tells me, leaves come out, spring coming. Some of you are a little worried right now if you're really like a horticulturist, like, oh, no, you know, two, three days of warm weather, you know, some flower might try to come out, and then you feel bad for that flower, right? You look at it, you're like, oh, little guy, this is not going to go well because, man, it's not spring. Uh, and, and North Carolina weather and weather down here in the south, it'll do that. Sometimes you get these little things and you feel bad, but the buds recover, I mean, God's got it all set. He made sure that creation could handle those little moments. Sometimes there's hiccups. But we have this piece. He says, hey, trees remind you of what's coming. So then he continues in verse 31 through 33. So also when you see these things taking place, again, still referencing back to verse 25 and 26, distress, perplexity of the nations, roaring of the seas, concerns, things that have you just kind of dealing. He goes, so when these things take place, you know the kingdom of God is near. Truly, I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all this has taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not. Now, a challenge in this text has come up over the years. And here it is. What do I make of the word generation? 
See, so is this the generation of that day, meaning an earthly generation, and we're talking about the temple falling uh, in 70. So is this the temple falling in Jerusalem in 70 AD, and, and you know, the temple's going to be there, and, and it could be there? Well, guess what? The Bible does this sometimes on one level. Yes. But the scriptures also use the word generation uh, many times to talk about an evil generation, to say, hey, there was this evil generation. And it's not talking about just one group of 20 years of history, it's there was an evil generation, like a evil people. And then it'll talk about a generation of goodness that God brings forward. So in that sense, when you look at generation, since Christ's crucifixion and his ascension, we are all people of the generation of the, get ready for your big word for today, eschaton, which just means the end times. We are a people who are awaiting Christ's, get ready, coming. Yeah, that one's easier, right? His, now we can make it seasonal, his advent. See, you are now a people who have that. So this generation piece, the generation won't pass away. God's trying to tell you in the midst of your worry, strife, distress, perplexity, and concern, I've got you. And you've got to trust me, and you'll trust me more and more as you hear more of what I have to say in the scriptures. I actually have you. Now, this idea then of staying attentive, though, it wears off. How many of you... My dad tells this story. It's kind of interesting. Anyone in the military probably has similar stories when you're in basic training of things that they let you guard. They let you guard lots of fun things in basic. It's been relayed to me. Uh, And and stories I've heard from other people in the service, like, congratulations, you have earned the duty to guard this door. Sir, this leads to a closet. It's a closet door. I know. Guard it. How long? Eight hours. The closet. Yes. You will guard the closet door. It's easy to guard a closet door for five minutes, right? Weird, but easy. Try doing it for hours and hours. This is why when any of you, how many of you have been to London? Anyone willing to say they've been to London? Okay. So you've been there. Anyone go to see that wonderful garden to see if you can make them smile? Anyone try? Okay, a couple of you hands went up. Because, again, you've got those, those British troops who are there, and they're set there, and they're supposed to be stoic. And they will not change their face, and this is the great tourist challenge. That's not easy. How many of you have been to the... Uh, Tomb of the Unknown Soldier in D.C. Same thing. It's amazing. If you've ever seen that guard, it's a highly revered group, and they are precision. And to watch them, it doesn't change. That's a trained skill. They didn't learn that overnight. Uh, Precision drum teams and others, this is learned. You have to practice at it. God is writing to you today through the Gospel of Luke to let you know it's not going to be easy but I'm going to be with you and train you and get you ready for life's tough moments so when it happens, you can still realize I've got you, that you're ready, just as trained as that person in the Tomb of the Unknown Soldiers, as trained as that person in Britain is there standing, uh, set and looking perfect. God wants you to be ready for what's ever coming, but you've got to be where? You've got to be where God promised to train you and teach you. You've got to step into the world. And as we step into the Word, it's easier than to be attentive because we know what's happening. It's easy to look out if you know what's coming. Try these on, for example. Remaining attentive is easy if, if you knew there was going to be a speed trap, you would have done what? Yeah, you would have slowed down, right? I mean, we all agree you would have done that, right? Okay. If you knew there was a pothole, what? You would have avoided it. See, you guys know these things. If you knew that the school was going to lose its accreditation, you would have done what? You would have not gone. But you don't know these things. (laughs) This is the challenge. Life's filled with worries, and God's telling you today through Luke's gospel, as Jesus speaks to us, the world's going to have problems, and I'm trying to name a lot of them so when it happens, you don't go, God, you didn't warn me. You didn't tell me there'd be these problems. 
I joined a church so I'd have no problems in my life. And when I joined that Jordan Lutheran church, do you know what happened? My aunt got sick. I blame you guys. You think that's weird? It happens all the time. Insert different church name. I mean it. Well, I came to church and I thought I'd never have a worry again. Church just has to be honest. That's why we need to say those things. Because you're in church doesn't mean you won't have problems. But because in church, Christ delivers his gifts and his promises. In church, you will be delivered from the worry, the concern, and the permanent problem of sin in your life because redemption has come in Jesus Christ. It is here for you. And walking through it sometimes teaches us so much more. Accomplishing a task and being patient is tough. My kids know I've got a disassembled playground in my backyard. Do you know what they ask me every day? Will it be done today? Why aren't you working on it? I'm like, it takes, it takes a little bit. Uh, I ran in college, and as I ran, I would anchor our 1,600-meter relay. And it's interesting, and I bring this up because it wasn't always fun. But I can tell you there's not a single time that I had more fun watching a race than when I competed in it. The pain and the worry and the strife that you feel at the end of a race, I had days where I blacked out running down the final stretch. I had the whole tunnel vision, the rolling over the finish line. But what I felt at the end of the race Win or lose was always better than watching the race. Now, some of you are like, ha-ha, great. He used an illustration that gets me out of doing anything in church because I don't run. No, 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 no. Don't fall in that trap. That's not why I'm using the illustration. My illustration is thus. It always feels better to be involved than it does to be disassociated because disassociation leaves you with nothing. The worst feeling I ever had when I was at a track meet was you can't compete because I felt like I didn't fit. Why was I here? And so it is many times in God's church. Well, I don't have a place to fit. <laughs> There's always a place to fit. Always. But unfortunately, many times when we say we don't fit, it's because we've disassociated ourselves and said, well, I'm, I'm too tired. I can't. I'm too old. I'm too young. Uh, I can't speak enough. I speak too much. I can't sing. I sing too much. I can't do this. I can't do that. We've all come up with lots of reasons. God's inviting you today to stay awake. Stay awake and see what God's inviting you to do to be a part of his story. Be a part of this advent. Be a part of his coming. It's always sweeter when we're involved in what's happening. The blessing of what God is actually up to. Watch yourselves lest your hearts be weighted down with dissipation and drunkenness and cares of this life. And that day will come upon you like a trap. See, the concern is rather than be attentive, we get wrapped up in worries of this life, which happen all the time. Uh, dissipation is just another like extended word for, you ready for, I mean, there's one rendering of it that kind of you could lose it, use it loosely as the effects of what happens when one uses too much alcohol in their life. <laughs> I mean, they don't get wrapped up in this stuff. For those of you wondering what that means, it's a hangover. Like you get wrapped up in life, and you can have hangovers from lots of things. Some of you will have a Christmas, I'm sorry, I'm offending some of you, you will have a Christmas hangover. And you don't have to drink to have a Christmas hangover, it's just too much singing, too much this. Uh, ask Raleigh, when on the 26th, what will they do with all Christmas music? I love this, this is like, it's my Christian amusing as a pastor. They, they end Christmas on the first day of Christmas. It's hilarious, like, do you not laugh at that? I hope you do. Because Christmas actually starts on the 25th, and then the, the 26th, they're like, shut it down. All right, I, I was going to shut it down on Epiphany, as we normally do, uh, but that's how, you know, that's kind of their thing. This is where the church speaks in. We get to speak into this larger picture of society. But don't get hung up in all the different things. Watch yourselves. 
See what light you're following. You think as I'm speaking to the kids, who is it that you're following? What's happening for you? How is it that you're getting involved? And stay awake at all times. Because you might get caught up in those traps, the dissipation, the weariness of life. <laughs> Think back to the illustration of the person who's watching guard over that doorway. You know what happens if your superior finds you at that doorway and you are not attentive? Well, most of the stories, I'll put it this way, it's not good. You see, the Lord's warning you as well, stay awake. You don't know when I'm coming back, and I'm not saying that to fear you. I'm not trying to cast this concern into you. I just want you to be ready, because when I come back, it's going to be awesome. So get your heads out from looking at, well, well Jesus ascended. Jesus' invitation to you right now in this season of Advent, you ready for this? Live. That's what he's telling you today. Jesus wants you to live your life. Work the job that God has given you. If that job is say hi to your neighbor this afternoon, do it. If that job is go into work in a few hours, do it and do it well. Do it with a smile. If that job is picking up a grandchild or taking someone to lunch, then do it with a smile. And if you can't do a smile, at least do it with some type of medium not frown. And say, Lord, you gave me the strength to not frown. That was, that was a miracle in and of itself. Because I know some of you not smilers. That's fine. Just try not to, not to have that. Because God has it ready. But stay awake at all times, praying that you may have strength to escape all these things that are going to take place and to stand before the Son of Man. Praise God that Christ has risen. He has ascended. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. And we are his children. Amen. We're glad you've connected with us online and look forward to the opportunity to see you in person. On behalf of everyone at Jordan, we hope you will join us as we gather in worship of our Savior, Jesus Christ, every Sunday morning at 9.30 at Beaver Creek Cinemas in the peak of good living, Apex, North Carolina.